Today I want to talk about work and how critical work is to our Christian faith. One of the enemies of a resilient and enduring faith, the focus of this teaching series, is an unwise perspective on work. Work, of course, is very important to human life. We were made to work, to be productive, to be active, to make things and to do things. The goal of life is not Netflix or sleep, but to be productively employed in good and healthy activity. And of course, we all work in different ways, maybe as employees who get paid uh, or as volunteers who give our time and our energy because we want to help a great cause, or as students at school or in further education or in family roles um, in life such as being a parent. All of us will participate in most, if not all, of these types of work. And we will do a lot of it. The average person in the UK will have 11 employed jobs in their adult lifetime. And that number is increasing. The average person will spend 90,000 hours at work over their lifetime. So work is one of the biggest parts of all of our lives. And in the Bible, there are lots of jobs and work listed. There are blacksmiths and builders and carpenters and craft workers and embroiderers and farmers and fishermen and lawyers and linen workers and merchants and metal workers and musicians and physicians and priests and shepherds and soldiers and stonemasons and tanners and tax collectors, temple servants, tent makers, watchmen and weavers, to name but a few. And today in our world, there are thousands more types of job. In my uh, younger years, I had a number of different jobs. My best job was as a camera salesman because I got paid commission for every camera that I sold. My worst paid was my 14-year-old paper round. I can't remember how much I got paid each week, but I know that if I got called in to deliver somebody else's missed paper, I got bonus pay of 10 pence. 10 pence to come out and deliver one paper. My most unusual work was I had a job for two years as a Church of England verger in Coventry. My most frustrated work was a summer job when I was 16 and I spent the whole summer working for a company that was cleaning up the arson damage of Holy Redeemer School in Hull. At the end of term, somebody had set a fire and the whole science block had been um, fire damaged and needed uh, some repairs and some decorating. We just got the work done by the time that the school came back. And then two days later, I heard somebody had set a fire in the science department and all of our work had been undone. My most disgusting job was the week I spent as an assistant drain cleaner, clean, uh, assistant drain cleaner for Dino Rod. And my job was to climb down into the sewer when something was really blocked. I only did that job for a week. Your work and how you do it and how you think about it has a defining influence 
on your life. And in this series, we've been thinking about the idea of a resilient faith, which is a faith that endures in challenging times and one that doesn't diminish over the years. Studies have shown that how we mix our faith and our work can have a defining effect on the long walk of following Jesus. There are four main ways, categories, by which people tend to mix their work and faith together. The first is the top-up. And in the top-up, we're drained by life during the week, but we escape to church on Sunday for a spiritual top-up. Time with our Christian friends, refreshing worship, and an encouraging word. We, we soak it in and we recharge our batteries ready for another draining week in the world of work. But this is sort of the spiritual equivalent of using a drug to feel better about life, using one thing to compensate for something else. The second way we blend work and faith is to partition. Work becomes one world and church becomes another, two separate and separated parts of our lives. But in separating these two worlds, we don't allow them to interact. We don't take our faith to work and we don't explore our work through our faith. The third is a, a private approach to faith. It's like partitioning. We put our faith into a small private box. And this can often feel to people like the right thing to do because living out a private faith simplifies the work faith challenges. And it feels stable, but actually it often isn't, especially when the challenges come or we have to navigate the changing seasons of life. The challenge of these three approaches, top-up, partition, private faith, is that they can all tend towards losing our faith. Because in each, the relationship between our Christian faith and our work can be unstable. Over time, one can grow and the other will diminish. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus puts it like this. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. But you cannot serve both God and money. In Jesus' words, two worlds are in view, the world of God and the world of money. And money is to work what God is to church. No one can serve the cause of church and the cause of work. Church and your Christian faith and the world of money and work are two significant defining areas of a Christian's life. And they can easily have an unhealthy partnership. Now, fortunately, there is a way of putting them together to build a resilient faith that incorporates the work that we do. And the word we use for this is vocation. 
To be a resilient disciple, we each need to find our vocation, the sense of God's calling expressed through our whole life, especially in bringing together our faith and our work, God and our jobs. I remember I don't just mean jobs of work for which we get paid, I mean as well being a parent, being a student, being a volunteer. Every place and way in which we live out our sense of life identity, of purpose and productivity. So I've got five things for us to think about under this idea of vocation. Five ideas or questions that can help us to put together these two important areas of our lives into a vocation. The first is this. We all need to find a calling to our work. Now this is harder than it looks. When they're young, some people know what work they want to do for the whole of their life, and they can work towards that in a concerted way. But for most people, for the majority of us, this is actually a journey of discovery. Also, of course, we will have different seasons of focus, and we might have big changes to the ways and manners in which we do work. So this principle is more of an ongoing way of thinking than a simple, quick discovery. What might it look like for you to be called to your work and to see your work, what you do with your time, as a calling from God? We often talk about people in church roles as doing God's work, but surely all of us can and should be doing God's work in our lives, our studies, our volunteering, and in our families. And again, this takes time. It's probably something we will discover over years, not days. It takes prayer and listening to God. And at different points in our life, we can ask the where and when questions. Where should I be working here and now? We can explore the who, the what, and the why of work with God. God, who should I work with or who should benefit from my work? For example, a school teacher might feel they want to work with children and youth. Children and youth are the who for a teacher and teaching is the job they do to live out the sense of calling to that group of people. And what can I do? What is the big cause, the, the why that I want to work for, that I want to invest my efforts and time into? Perhaps like my friend in the Royal Navy who spent time reading and thinking at the beginning of this new job about the theology of being a good soldier. And he did that so he could bring his faith and work together as a single vocation. The second point is to have a God mission for your work. Now, again, this is harder than it sounds, but what might it look like for you to take God into your work? Your work world will have some kind of mission or vision or purpose. You may well have a job description or some form of clarity of what, about what you do or how you're meant to contribute to your work. 
But is that it? Don't let your worlds be separate. How can you take God to work? Let me give you some examples. One friend told me that his God work was to pray for his work colleagues by name every day as he drove to work. So that's what he tried to do most days. Another said that his mission at work was to be the person that other people could trust and rely on. Another friend told me that he felt called to make his team and his place of work honest. And he did this by telling his colleagues that he would always fill out his time expense sheet honestly, which meant they would have to as well. It might be that you feel you should be sharing your faith at work. And this doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be preaching at people. It might mean that you live out the simple idea that you're a Christian and you're okay. And thereby you live out a sense of your faith calling in your work life. Maybe you're called to be the secret pastor to your team or the prayer support to your office or a voice of kindness and honesty. Whatever it looks like for you, find a God mission for your work. Third, you are as holy as you are holy at work. If we divide our church and work lives, then we inevitably live differently in each one. Now, of course, we're all different in different contexts because we are complex, rich people with lots to offer different situations. But if we're morally different in work compared to how we are at church, then we lose this quality of resilience. Everybody looks holy at church. That is never going to be the truest measure of your Christ-likeness. A truer measure is how you behave at work. Now, you probably don't swear at church, but maybe you drop the odd F-bomb at work. If we take this small and trivial example, that's one way in which we can end up living a, a divided or partitioned faith that can lead to losing this idea of the resilience of our faith. So in that instance, maybe work on the language at work because you are as holy as you are holy at work or start dropping F-bombs at church just for consistency, but that's probably not the solution. Maybe work at your behavior at work. This link between holiness at work and in church is echoed throughout the Bible. For example, in 1 Timothy 3, when Paul is telling Timothy how to appoint people to leading roles in the church, he says, by the way, they must be well thought of in their working lives. He's making that same connection, that a healthy, a vibrant, a resilient faith is one that's lived out with as much holiness in the workplace as it might be in the church. So assess your maturity and holiness by how you are at work, not by how you are at church. Next, pray for your work more than your church. We all pray for the church, right? 
Of course, we pray for the church leaders, for the staff, for the people with key roles, for the missionaries. But I wonder if resilient disciples might pray more for their working life than for their church life. If you have a sense of vocation to your work, then you are a missionary, a pastor, an apostle, a a teacher or a prophetic voice to your work. Maybe you pray for me as your church leader. That's very kind if you do that. But I pray for you in your vocation in the work that you do. And I wonder if we might be more resilient in our faith if each of us pray for our work even more than we pray for our church. And lastly this, be a missionary to your work. Think about some of the features of missionaries. Missionaries embed themselves in a culture without absorbing the bad parts of it. What would it look like for you to honour the good culture of your work, but without absorbing the bad parts of it? Missionaries are in it for the long haul. They don't change their placement overnight and you won't transform your work environment overnight. Have a, have a longer plan for the long haul. Missionaries count the cost of following Jesus in their context. What might it cost you to follow Jesus in your work? Have you counted that cost and, and weighed it? If you haven't, you probably won't do it. Missionaries are often bivocational. That means one vocation across a number of different areas. And so the same is true for us in our work. You have one vocation in Christ expressed through work and church. Missionaries usually have a support system. They don't think they can do it all just on their own. And this might be your fire group, your Christian friends or colleagues at work. And lastly, missionaries get training that they need in order to be effective in living out their faith in the context that they're sent to. So to be a resilient disciple, think of yourself as a missionary to your work, not as a working person who just happens to go to church. So friends, the stakes are high. Our goal is to have a resilient faith. And a resilient faith doesn't separate work and church, God and jobs. If we do separate them, usually one will diminish over time. And usually it's our faith that diminishes. And as Jesus said, no one can serve two separate masters. If we separate church and work, then we might end up loving one and not loving the other. Let Jesus be your master at church and let Jesus be your master in work. In doing that, in Jesus, you have a vocation that you live out through your whole life, both in work and in church. Let me end with the words of an old prayer, a prayer that's been prayed for more than 500 years about having a resilient faith at work. 
Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, deliver us in our various occupations from the service of self alone, that we may do the work that you give us to do in truth and beauty and for the common good and for the sake of him who came amongst us as one who serves, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen.